Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Real Tea with Hector and Misty. That pun never gets old for me. I'm your host, Hector, and I'm joined today with Misty. Say hi, Misty. Hi, everyone. What episode are we on today, Misty? We are on number six. That's so crazy. I can't believe that we are on episode number six of season one. This is so great. I... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just elated. I'm elated to be here with you. Do you want to introduce our guest today? Yes. So today we have um, Ashley Kinney with Ashley Kinney Homes, um, who is a real estate agent here in Utah. And she gets hired on to help um, with the presentation and marketing of homes that are going on the market. Um, she has extensive knowledge of the historic homes here in our area. And so because of that, she gets teamed up with investors and renovators um, who and she can go in and help them consult on how to use um, different materials and how to keep the aesthetics of the area era of the home. <laughs> Sorry. And um, but today she is coming on the podcast to talk about staging and the importance of staging. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So um, do you want to kind of introduce yourself a little bit more than or the staging or important aspects of staging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually fell into staging a little bit. I started at, as part of my listing packages, helping people just make the best of their homes. And by doing that, I've actually been hired on by other agents to go on and and team up with them, market and present their homes, which sometimes includes staging or coordination of their photography, things like that. Um, I think the first thing that is most important to understand, it's most important to understand the difference between staging and home design. They are not the same. So staging is the process of preparing a home for sale by highlighting its best features. Sometimes that means minimizing its flaws and then helping to identify spaces in a way that speaks to buyer psychology. It's about making your home appealing to the broadest range of buyers, not just showcasing your specific taste. You want to highlight the features of the home, not just the contents of your home. Perfect. And what would you say is the most important area in the home to stage? Well, being that the average buyer is first introduced to the home via online or driving by a yard sign, I'd say that staging starts at the curb. Take a look at your home, ask your agent or invite a friend over and get, have them give you an honest review of the curb appeal of your home. Are the, over, are the bushes overgrown, obvious needed repairs or other pain points that you should address? And then I would say from there, it's the entryway, the kitchen, living room and primary bedroom. Buyers typically make up their mind in their first five minutes of being in your home as to whether or not it's a contender for them. So the first impression is super important. And how do you know if your home needs staging? I would actually argue that nearly every home to come on the market could benefit from staging, unless of course you're wanting to do an investor special or the whole house needs renovation. When you're interviewing other agents, you'll wanna be sure to ask them what their stance is on staging. Most commonly agents use a staging service for their staging. Only about 26% of us do our own. So be sure to ask if your listing package includes that service. So uh, do you hear a lot of people say in this market because homes are selling so fast or things like that, that they don't have to worry about that kind of thing? Absolutely. 
I think that that's a common misconception because even in a super hot market, I've noticed a significant difference. Um, so most of the homes that I've staged have sold above asking price. Actually, all of them have. Every single one has gone significantly over. And when I say significantly, I'm saying like 10,000 or more. And then the homes that I've listed that are vacant with no staging, they've gone at asking price or slightly above. So the marketing and everything about the home, even in a hot market, is still really important as to what kind of offer you're going to get on the home. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times what I'll see too is agents will choose to use their cell phone for the photography or the home isn't staged, it's cluttered, little things are off in the listing the photos themselves, like toilet seats are up, trash cans are out, and all of that just detracts and distracts. So you just want to make sure that at the very least you're buttoning up some of those things and then getting quality photos. So then do you just have like a warehouse full of like furniture and stagings or like how does that work? Because I've always been kind of interested in like where do you guys get your cool stuff? (laughs) That's a really good question. I wish I had a warehouse. Um, I do have a storage unit. (laughs) So in my personal inventory, I keep um, blankets, comforter sets, pillows, accent pillows, lamps, a few tables, desks, art, uh, and then lots of like decorative little knickknacks. And then for my bigger pieces, I actually use another staging company. They're down in Salt Lake City. Um, they go by Renew Home. I don't know if you guys follow them on Instagram, but they're pretty They're pretty awesome. So I reached out to them whenever I took on one of my biggest projects, which was a 6,000 square foot listing, which required a lot of furniture. Yeah, that, that's that's not a small house by any means. No. That, that I imagine you would need a lot of furniture for that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I reached out to them and I actually can select from their inventory and then I arrange for it to be delivered up here and that's situated really the way cool. that I want. That's really cool. Do they have like, I guess, different eras? Because you mentioned earlier, and I mean, forgive me, I'm 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 off the cuff. I'm the wild card in the podcast. Um, I try to keep it spicy, right? But no, I'm just kidding. Um, but you mentioned, you know, that well, well, Misty mentioned actually that that you know you have kind of like an era that you specialize in. Does that also include your staging? Like, do you try like, for example, do you try to keep it like contemporary chic or like? quote unquote vintage, you know, like all the, all those terms that I know nothing about, but I just know the terms like, like how, I guess, do you tailor, do you tailor how you stage based on the home itself? Like in terms of age, like how old the house is, like if it's an older house, you use the more older looking stuff like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So there's actually a couple of ways that I go about it initially and how I prefer to do it is I prefer to stage according to the style and the era of the home. So if I'm styling a mid-century modern home, I try to select mid-century modern pieces and then art and decorative accents that sort of match that vibe, but with a modern take. Um, But if I'm doing a stage of an occupied house where the buyer or the, sorry, the seller intends to still live there, a lot of times I'll try to, while still going with the vibe of the house, bring in stuff that accentuates what they already have Mm -hmm. so it doesn't look like oh these are clearly staging items and these are clearly homeowner items kind of marry them together right right i feel like that would take a i don't know like a special kind of talent to have that kind of eye because i I don't know like i i try to decorate and you know it just it's 
it's terrible. Like it looks so bad. It looks so close. I mean, you know, you could be, you, you could make the argument, Oh, he's just a dude. And like, yeah, I am just a dude. Like, and my wife will say the same thing. My house was terrible until she came around and like actually started to make it homey. But I mean, it just sounds really fun to be able to, you know, stage a home, make it homey to the point where people are like doing bidding off, like bidding wars on it. You know what I mean? Cause people see the same dream, but that dream kind of comes from you. Like, I don't know. You're kind of like the, the trendsetter for these people. That's kind of cool. Like the more I, the more I talk about it, the more I realize like, dang, you've got a lot of power. Yeah. It's about creating a vision and an intention for the home. That's cool. Yeah. Is it, um, more ideal to have a house vacant with nothing in it or have it full not full but have the furniture yeah what do you prefer what do you prefer as far as that goes like do you mean vacant and i stage the whole thing correct i mean like no pieces of furniture or like have it empty oh at the time of sale yeah uh, so it's actually, in my opinion, and a lot of studies will suggest, it's actually not ideal to list a home completely vacant. Mm-hmm. And if staging is outside of the realm of possibility for you, there are other options. You can pay for virtual staging and the photography, but there's arguments about whether or not that's good because sometimes you can kind of tell it's not real. It's like CGI of furniture or in the really room. bad Photoshop. I yeah. saw a few <laughs> listings recently where I was like, virtually staged. This looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> But in terms of staging a, va- a vacant home, some of the reasons why it's good is because you can give buyers a sense of the space. Like what size couch will fit in this room? What size table fits in this dining room? Or this weird little nook that's off in the corner that has no identity. Like what could I even use that for? Um, I recently did a listing over on Quincy and the front room was used as an office space when the people were living there. But then whenever it was vacant after they'd moved out, it kind of left it like, okay, what is this room? It's not a bedroom. It's too small for a living room. What is this? So giving it an identity by staging it as like a beautiful workspace makes people actually want to do work in there. And in turn, they want to live there. So nice. That makes sense. Um, so we kind of touched on this a little bit, but does st- does staging always have to cost a lot of money or involve renting large pieces of furniture? No, it, it doesn't always mean that you have to go big. So there have been, like I mentioned before, listings where it's 6,000 square feet. The homeowner you know, was elderly. She didn't have a ton of furniture. I had to rent a U-Haul full of stuff. But most often, I end up just bringing in a small amount of things. I drive a little Toyota and like... I'll usually do like one, maybe two loads of mm-hmm. stuff in the back of my okay. car and take it down there. So most of the time, the simple staging that can be done is just decluttering and depersonalizing. And what I mean by that is like maybe your photography like collage wall is fantastic, but it's a little bit distracting and a little personalized. Taking that down and maybe highlighting just one piece of art instead of 17 pieces of art up on the wall can help. Mm-hmm. And then swapping out bed linens. It's surprising how different rooms will photograph having a patternless white or cream bedspread as opposed to like a busy, very taste specific one. And then swapping out like the towels in the bathroom to fresh white high quality you know fluffy things that look like they come out of a resort Mm because then people are like oh this is nice i want to i want to take a shower here i want to get in that clawfoot tub or whatever Mm -hmm. and then when i do the beds i always add extra pillows so it looks like a hotel bed and that always photographs really well and then other things would be like 
putting away your bed, your pet's toys or their pet bed. And then one little trick that I've learned along the way is just adding greenery to a space will dramatically change the way the room feels. Like just a plant or uh-huh. a tree or okay. Yeah, could be either little. And I use a mix of live and fake. They photograph the same and require less maintenance. I don't have to pop over there every day and water plants when it's on the market. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't have a green thumb, like, I mean, I don't. I've killed everything I've touched. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. me too. And that's really interesting how you how you brought up the linens. I, I mean, you would almost think it's obvious, but at the same time, it's not something you think about. Like, if I'm looking at a... And obviously, I, I look at a, at a lot of listings as a mortgage loan originator. I mean, my clients will fire me over listings and say, Hey, do I qualify for this? And you know, like I, I love clicking through and just like seeing what my clients are going to live in. And I don't know, it just, it, it almost feels uncomfortable when it's a home that is a little bit too personalized to the person who's selling it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's their home. I shouldn't even be looking at this. And I mean, like that goes right down to like the linens in the bedroom. You know what I mean? If, if it's like their comforter, like if I see a Star Wars comforter in the bedroom, I'm like, this isn't my house. This isn't this. I, I don't belong here. I need to leave. So, I mean, that's really interesting how, you know, you, you use kind of like the psychology to in, in your decorating, in your staging. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you said that that translates on photo because that's something I've seen while touring properties with buyers that the properties that are you know, full of a homeowner's stuff. They're very personalized. They have family photos up everywhere. Like the the buyers tend to move through those through those homes really quickly. And I think that could be why I never really put it together before um, that they feel like intrusive, like they're in somebody else's personal space. And so, like a lot of times, they spend less than five minutes in a home. And I think that you know, if you stage it, then they kind of linger and look and get a feel for it because you you want them to feel like they could potentially live there not like they're in someone else's house right so when you stage how long is the is is whatever you've staged usually up like is it up for only a day is it only up for a couple hours is it up for a week several several weeks like how like when you stage a house how long does it stay that way like, do you do it just for pictures or is it until the house closes or until it goes under contract or? Um, it varies from project to project how long the items will stay. Mm-hmm. If I did a significant stage with a lot of furniture, I try to wait until after the appraisal comes back. Because mm, that's like nice. being in mortgage, you know, like that's like the last little hiccup in the transaction typically. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to you know, pay a good amount of money for a U-Haul truck and movers and all of that, I don't want to have to do it twice. And if I have to remarket the home, which luckily I haven't had to do, I don't want to have to show it vacant and I don't want to have to bring everything right. back in. Right. So on those homes, I'll usually keep it until the appraisal comes back and all the negotiations are done. And now we're just waiting for that clear to close. Mm-hmm. Um, for my occupied stages, those are a little bit tricky because I still want the I want the house to look like the seller doesn't live there, but I want the seller to feel like they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to just come in and take over their house. So a lot of like the decorations I put up, I'll leave those up, you know, about until appraisal comes back. Sometimes a little bit before if I need to pull it for another project. Um, but at the very least, it's, everything stays until it goes under contract with the exception of the bedding. So when I make up the primary bedroom bed, that's like a little magic trick that we do. I go 
When I go over to prep the home, I make the bed, make sure I like the way the bed looks. Then I take it all back off so that they can sleep there. And then the day of photography, I'll come over right before the photographer, make sure everything looks perfect, remake the bed. And then as soon as the photographer is done, take it right back off again. Mm -hmm. And then if they live relatively close in this area, a lot of times I'll just tell them like, hey, on your days that we know you're gonna have showing, say they're gonna plan to show Thursday, Friday, Saturday, review all offers on Monday, I'll just be like, I'll just pop over in the morning, I'll make that bed up really nice for you. If they live down in like Salt Lake and it's 45 minutes, I usually just show them how to make the bed. Okay. Okay. Nice. So like, what's the hardest staging you've ever had to do? Like in term, because I mean, I, I imagine there, the, the, the logistics involved with staging. I mean, it's, it's just like with anything in real estate, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Misty and I aren't going to be thinking about. There's a lot of stuff that your regular um, real estate person is not going to think about. Your regular layman is not going to think about. Like, I, I want to know about like the hardest staging like was it a client was it the house itself that just wasn't taking what you were giving it like that's i don't know that's that's kind of interesting to me that i want to know about um so again that kind of varies from project to project i've had some staging products where or sorry projects where the seller sort of vetoes my selections or I'll be like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna set this table really nice it's gonna look really fancy it's gonna photograph fantastic and they're like no I don't want that Um, but it's about customer service too so I'm like hey no problem we'll just make sure it looks good clean tidy like it'll be great Um, and then I have had projects where we took on a lot to make it happen we had one client that um, I was contracted for the staging with one of my co-agents he had sold her a house and then was going to help like sell her current house so a buy sell two side Mm -hmm. so we really wanted to take care of her and we wanted to make it as stress-free as possible because that's a lot of moving when you have small kids and things going on Mm -hmm. so we took on the task of prepping the house we were going to sell completely which included (laughs) um uh, we there was a mural painted on the back bedroom wall mm-hmm. and we took the mural off because it was just wallpaper but then there was crayon on the wall and that wouldn't come off so then I thought okay it's no problem I'll just throw a coat of white paint over it mm-hmm. it took like five coats of paint and I'm not a professional painter so maybe I was doing something wrong but five coats of paint mm-hmm. and I was like I swear if I have to paint Jeez. this room one more time but that actually was one of my favorite projects because that like we initially thought we were going to list at one price went under contract at a significantly like over fifty thousand dollar difference from Mm -hmm. what we thought we were going to get to what we got that's cool that's fantastic Mm -hmm. so as you're depersonalizing i like do you recommend taking family photos down um just kind of leaving like generic paintings up uh, if somebody is looking like to sell their home and they're trying to figure out like the best way to present the walls or whatever do you do you leave family pictures up do you take them down like what's the best way what would you recommend i prefer to take them down um occasionally depending on the situation i'll leave a couple but not a lot we just like again it's making it look generic like anybody Mm -hmm. could like anybody could live there not just one specific family right do you run into for people who are still living in the home do you run into like hurt feelings on 
suggestions or things like that. I just remember when I sold my house, like I kept being told, well, declutter. And so like I would take stuff out, but it, they come back. Nope, we got we to gotta take more out. And I'm like, everybody's just going to love my stuff. Like this is put in the house just perfect. And they have to have it like this just shows them how to use the house. And they're Is this you out. admitting on <laughs> on audio that you're a hoarder? No, not a hoarder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just very attached to my stuff and I think it's perfect. But <laughs> no, just kidding. But do people get hurt feelings by some of suggestions or are they pretty open to it normally or do they listen? <laughs> I think that with different personalities, feelings can get hurt, which is one of the reasons why I prefer to do my own staging. I don't wanna just send somebody in there with like a checklist of things to do. Mm-hmm. I wanna be able to manage the personalities of the people as well. And before I was in real estate, I was in healthcare. So I, I learned really quickly how to manage different personalities and give good customer service and great outcomes. Mm-hmm. So I have had staging where, you know, maybe the homeowners made a comment or two where I feel like maybe I'm making them feel like their stuff isn't great or needs to be put away. And so you just have to re-paradigm it for them and just remind them like this, like that rug is perfect and I love it and you have such great, great taste, but it covers up this beautiful hardwood floor that we need to showcase as a feature in your home. So sort of giving it a different perspective, I guess, helps mm-hmm. with that a lot. Okay. 